Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Shanna Lindbergh of Soul Sister Ceramics in Cortland, Kansas. Shanna is telling the story of how she and her business partner, knowing nothing about how to make pottery, bought a kiln and became self-taught pottery makers using Kansas clay from the Flint Hills. They started making jewelry, hosting pottery parties, and all kinds of fun things. She shares about her shop's cute location in a historic corner gas station and her focus on Kansas-made and small business products. Plus, we talk about the ripple effect of this business on other businesses in the town and the incredible revival happening here, which we'll be sharing on the blog all week long. So stay tuned, and here we go with Shanna Lindbergh. All right. Well, we're here today with Shanna Lindbergh of Soul Sister Ceramics in Cortland, Kansas. Shanna, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, I absolutely love your shop and your town. Tell us a little bit about you to start out. Is Cortland your hometown? Actually, I grew up in the town over called okay. Scandia. Yep. Um, but Cortland is one community. We're joined together with the school system. So um, it's just all one big community in my mind. Yeah. Did you ever think that you would live here as an adult? <laughs> I did not. Um, I always said I was never going to marry a farmer or live back here. And not because I don't love and respect both of those things. Um, it just wasn't my vision, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of happened. And I am very thankful for that. Yeah. So where did the idea for Soul Sister Ceramics come from? So I was a stay-at-home mom and um, I was having coffee with one of my really good friends. It's also a cousin. And we were just talking about how she's a nurse and we just we needed a hobby. Yeah. I was like, I got to get out of the house. These kids are awesome, but they're driving me nuts. And she has a stressful job. And so we needed something that we could do that was fun. And we were drinking coffee and she had this mug that was just so awesome. And I just said, we could, we could make mugs and pottery. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And then she's like, yeah, let's do it. We have no ceramics experience or pottery, okay. um, so we bought a kiln off Craigslist. We bought a book about ceramics and kilns, and we started small with jewelry. Okay. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Wow. I know. It's the craziest story. That's fascinating. <laughs> so what was the learning curve? Was it hard to figure out? Um, not terribly so. We actually came in contact with a lady um, from a town over that kind of talked us through some things that with our first firing, um, but it was trial and error. It was kind of terrifying because <laughs> the kiln just was intimidating to me. Uh-huh. But after the first, the firing was a successful and we started making some jewelry and we opened the Etsy page Okay, and um, we had the Etsy page for about a year and it just kind of exploded. So mainly locally, like it was like local support mainly. Yeah. But um, there's definitely some interest otherwise. So we just kind of went from there. Wow. So where did you put the kiln? <laughs> At my house in a farming shed called, like it's a Quonset. Yeah. So it was out in a Quonset. My husband luckily spared me a corner of the Quonset. <laughs> and that's where it sat until we had the physical building. Wow. I love that so much. So when you were making like the earrings and stuff, did you do trade shows or things like that? We did. Um, we just like little um, craft fairs and that kind of thing. And we'd have pop-up events. So once we had the kiln and we had the experience, we were like, well, if we had this kiln, we might as well offer 
um, like a paint your own pottery to people. So then we would do pop-up events where we would um, like rent the community center in one of the towns and paint your own pottery. People would pick out their piece prior and they'd come paint it and we'd have our, our pieces there to sell at the same time. Uh-huh. And that got kind of stressful carrying <laughs> pottery around. Sure. So yeah. we kind of at that point were like, hey, let's let's look for a building at some point. Yeah. Down the road a long time from now. Yeah. And then it happened like six months later. So. Wow. Yeah. So I bet people loved the pottery painting parties. It was really fun. Yeah. Just especially locally watching the kids from town. Like the first painting party that we had. I mean, my daughter was three and she's now six. Um, she was almost three, I guess. And watching like her first pieces then compared to now. And like a lot of these local kids, like you've watched them grow up what they're painting. And that's been really a cool experience. Yeah. But, but families would come and do it or we, like women, we have ladies night. Um, we would do like a pottery and a book. So we read a book about a monster and then they'd paint a monster piggy bank or something. Yeah. So there was always something to do that people enjoyed, I think. That is so fun. So all your products are made from Kansas clay, right? Yeah, mine, yes. Yes. So initially, we were not using Kansas clay. We just bought some clay at a random craft store. I can't remember where it was even. And then um, somehow I ran across a place in Lawrence, Kansas, called Brackers Good Earth Clay, and they have clay from Kansas, and there's different colors and weights, and it's all dug from the Flint Hills. So once we found that out, we're like, oh, we absolutely have to do that because that is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Something very unique. Yeah. So at what point did you decide to set up shop in this incredible historic gas station? So we were driving by one day and um, Michelle, who was my, she helped me start the business. She's no longer a partner, but um, she'll always be part of, part of Soul Sisters. Yeah. But we, um. She actually has been in love with this building forever. It's a cute little corner gas station. And um, she was like, you know, I've always loved that building. And it's been, it was sitting empty. Like, the city owned it. It was just storage. Um, I mean, they maintained the outside. It didn't look run down, but the inside was definitely needing some attention. And so we just approached the city. And we're like, hey, would you ever sell that building? And we kind of have an idea. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And so it just, I don't know, it really happened quickly once we... Because I was really waiting until the kids were both in school and I wasn't yeah. going to be a stay-at-home mom. But timing was good and it worked out either way. But that's how we got this adorable. And it's really a cute building on the outside. Like all we did was paint it and put new windows on. So Yeah, it's really cute. It's situated right on Main Street in Cortland. Very uh, storybook. Yes. Uh-huh. So was it when you moved in here that you started expanding your product line into other things? Um, kind of it. Looking back at pictures when we opened, it's actually really funny because I thought there was like so many options in here and the shelves look so empty. <laughs> <laughs> but we started out with the painter on pottery in the studio um, and there was no like retail in the back. It was just pottery and the table and the glaze and the paintbrushes. And then the front, which is a really tiny little room, was our handmade mugs and jewelry. And I'd found... Um, some Kansas-made products that I'd fallen in love with. There was a um, Kansas lotion and perfume company and a Kansas candle company, um, and there was a tea and a coffee. And so that's how we started. It was all Kansas-made, all Kansas small business um, type products. 
And then as the years have gone on, we've added um, quite a bit of like home decor and clothes and gifts. Um, but I still try to stay true to small business and Kansas made as much as possible. Yeah. It's so fun. You have a great variety of, of products. Thanks. So we're sitting now in what was the garage mm-hmm. and this is where the tables are where you have your painting parties, but you've kept some of the, the things that made this a garage. So tell us about that. So our pottery table, which I hate to admit this, but I have to, um, it was not my idea. I hated this thing. (laughs) When we bought the building, this room was just full of years of grease and the old car lift was on the floor. Um, it's still attached and it still worked, but it was a mess. And I told my husband, I was like, bring the tractor in, let's tear this thing out and we'll put round tables in. It'll be really cute. And I can't decide if he just didn't want to try to take the table out or the <laughs> car lift out or if he had a really great idea. Um, but he's like, turn it into your table, jack it up and turn it into your table. So the car lift is now our table and there's an old car bell that um, used to ding when people would drive through and we kept that alive as well. It's not attached though. Okay. <laughs> I did not want to hear that every time people drove by. Um, and then out front, the gas pumps are still there. Um which I was not a fan of at first, um, but I went to, it's called Cortland Pride Club, and it's just a club in town that um, just takes care of things and supports the community. Yeah. And so I just said, cause since I'm from this town over, I was like, does this mean something to you, these gas pumps, or can we take them out? Will it offend anyone? And they're like, oh, you can't take those out. And I was like, well, why? So apparently when I dug out the tanks, they took the pumps as well. And it sat without the pumps for a couple of years. And people were like, that just looks, that looks wrong. And so they bought the existing tanks just for decorative purposes and put them here. Wow. So I, we stripped them and put our logo on them. And now I love them. Uh-huh. People pull up to act like they're going to get, they think that's a gas station if they're not from around here. <laughs> and so they'll pull up to get gas. And it's just been a really cute little feature. I'm glad we, I'm glad we asked and kept it. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us more about the Cortland Pride Club. So Pride Club is, I think it's been around for years and years, but basically they do a fundraiser every year. It's a pancake feed (laughs) and people just come and eat pancakes locally and donate money. And then Pride Club uses that money throughout the year to um, just support the town. Like this year they're putting money towards the flowers and the flower pots and um, baseball fields, just anything like that they will donate money to. Yeah. That's great. I love it. So you're a member of the From the Land of Kansas program, Mm -hmm. which is operated by the Kansas Department of Agriculture. Share with us a little bit about that program and how you benefited from it. So they like to highlight and support Kansas businesses. Um, It has to be either handmade or handgrown in Kansas. And they offer like a wide variety of programs that you can, most of them are free, um, like my name is on a day, like they have a list of all these Kansas makers. Um, you can also pay and they will feature you, um, as like an advertiser and, um, they just really like to support and get the word out on all the Kansas products. It's, it's a pretty amazing thing, I think. Yeah. So this is a town of 285 people. How has your business inspired and impacted other local entrepreneurs? So I think my business is one of the first kind of new businesses um, for a while. And one thing about this area that is so cool is even if people are like, what is this lady doing? She's crazy. That's a crazy idea. They step up and support. And so I think 
when my business really got going, I just felt so supported by this town. Yeah. And I think once that happened, I think other people were like, you know what? I can, I can do this too. And so it was kind of ripple effect. I think there were already some ideas in place. Like there's a brewery that just opened up down the street. And I think that was already kind of in the works. It was a dream and they were going to do it. Um, so I just think having a business pop up and do that, I think they were like, I can do this and other businesses as well. So yeah. kind of a ripple effect, I think. I and love a, it. And a lot of younger, I'm going to call us young, um, a lot of us younger um, people from the community have moved back. And I think when you live in an ag community and you're not a farmer, I mean, married to a farmer, but I, I don't farm. Yeah. I think you have to either um, be a teacher or a nurse or you need to work at a bank or you create something different that you can do um, because none of those things are things that I am good at. So, yeah. Well, I love that you said that. And what do you think it is that have made people want to move back here? I, I think it's the support. Yeah. It's just, it's a big family and not in like Mayberry, but it's just a very, um, like if somebody has an idea, they say, let's do it. And so I just think that makes people more comfortable to, to be back here. And I don't know, you feel supported. Absolutely. Well, and I feel like you opened the shop and that created momentum. Mm-hmm. And that is so important when you're reviving a town. Yeah. Just even the littlest things can kickstart that yeah. and have a huge impact. Mm-hmm. I think another thing is our school systems. Um, like I'm so blessed to be able to, the school is a block from my business. And so when the day is over, the kids walk here. Yeah. And I think knowing that you're going to raise a family in a safe community, um, that's been a big draw for a lot of people. There's um, a restaurant down the street that they were in Denver and her dad is like a first generation Italian and he owns an Italian restaurant in Denver and his daughter who is Audrey and her husband um, like happened by Cortland one day. You guys should talk to them because their story is really cool, but they just like happened along Cortland decided they loved this area and up and bought the restaurant and moved their life here because they wanted to raise their kids in like a small, safe community. Yeah. And so I think there's something to that like family atmosphere that is also just a really big draw. Yeah, that's great. So how have you set your hours in a way that works with like family life and school and all that stuff, but also serves the community in the way that you need it to? Yeah, it was a really hard thing to land on, like Uh figuring out our hours but I am a fickle shopper. (laughs) And so if I go somewhere and they're not open, like a normal business hours, I'm like, well, geez, that's not convenient. And so that was one thing. I was like, I have to have regular hours and it has to be consistent. Um, So I chose to do, a lot of these smaller towns are closed, like some of the businesses are closed on Sundays and Mondays. That way you get a weekend and that way I could be home, you know, an extra day with my kiddos when they were younger anyway. Um, so we were open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to five. So I'm not here too early. I have time to get the kids to school and do all that. And then we leave at five and go home and have dinner. Um, but we do offer, um, we're open all Saturdays and then we offer like evening events. So if you're someone who can't get here regular hours, you can schedule a party and come and paint and bring in drinks and food and whatever. And you can paint and shop and just do that on your own time. So that's been a big thing too. And it's been fun. Like my first party we ever had was, um, an 80 year old woman's birthday party. 
and they were wild. Like they had a blast. And and that was, I was kind of shocked because I expected like, you know, kids' birthday parties, which we do have, but ladies' nights and those kind of parties, they just have a good time. Yeah. Do you draw people from pretty far away? Yes. And that was something else I was really surprised about. Um, I'd say like 45 minutes is not an uncommon drive, but we've had um, up to an hour the people that have come back even. And that was very shocking to me. Yeah. But it feels good. And it makes me happy that they're willing to drive an hour to come to this little town, to this tiny little business. Absolutely. You're providing a really unique, cool experience. Thanks. Yeah. What advice would you have for other entrepreneurs who are starting out with their small town business? Um, so this was an accidental find, right? but, um, I think starting small and growing as you go could have been my biggest asset. Like, I think if I were to have tried to start like this off the get go and have all these different, um, lines that I carry and just all the retail plus all the pottery, I think it would have been a lot harder to find my niche and be able to figure out what people want. Mm -hmm. But the way I've grown my business is just listening, um, you know, it took me over a year of people saying, do you have a card? Do you have cards? And I was like, oh yeah, I probably should get like birthday cards from you buy a gift. So it's like, I think just listening to what people need and starting slow and building upon that. I think that was my biggest piece of advice. Just take it slow. Yeah, that's good. What's your favorite part of all this? Um, I think it's just the people that come back. I have, I just feel like I've made all these friends like today Um, I had this family in that the mom is dying of cancer and she is coming in with her daughter and granddaughter and a friend and painting every Friday. And so I'm just getting to know her and this family. And it is so special to be a part of that and to Uh see that they're making these memories. Um, it's just little things like that, that are just extremely special to me. But, um, other than that, I love Christmas season here. everything is shiny and sparkly and people are painting and shopping and it's just cozy and happy. So I think that Christmas like painting and retail season is always my favorite. Yeah. Tell us about the revival that's happening in Cortland and some of the other businesses that have popped up here. You mentioned the brewery, Mm -hmm. um, but there's more. Yeah. It's, it's main street. There really is only like one business or building on Main Street that's left that's not a new thriving business. Um, So other than my business, across the street is a lodge um, that is actually attached to Heartland Game Birds. It's a a bird, like a pheasant hunting business that I'm actually a part of with my husband and another couple. Um, And it's a, the lodge is mainly for that, but we've opened it up for Airbnb and off-season and it's an old bank, and it is just beautiful, and not something you'd expect to find in a small town. Um, like people are always kind of surprised because when you say lodge, you think like moose heads and flannel. Yeah, I mean, flannel. <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with either of those things, but yeah. it's just very a very high end, just nice surprise, I think. Um, and I'm obviously biased when I say that, but there is that. It's and, a beautiful building. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's two stories. Like I love that the second stories of some of these buildings are being revived because a lot of those little towns that have a second story, they just become storage. Yeah. And then they, the floor goes bad and then it has to be torn off. And that's really pretty sad, I think. Yeah. 
So other than the lodge, um, there's the brewery, and it's called Irrigation Ales, which if you're not a farming community, irrigation is like watering crops. And the inside, they've just really, it's adorable. Um, So there's that. And there's a new restaurant in town. It's getting a lot of attention because it's just, um, it's a fancy place to eat. It's not a burger. You can get a burger there, but they have other surprising options like honey glazed salmon and um, I don't know, just fun salads. Like it's just not what you expect in a little dive bar, which is not anymore. Yeah, it was okay um, <laughs> on a main street. Um, there's also a new, um, wellness center. It's run as a nonprofit and that's something in small areas. that's kind of lacking sometimes is decent healthcare. Um, and this place is just really amazing. It's, it's got a gym and it's, um, got physical therapy and home health, Basically, any kind of thing you would need, you can call them, and they will help you get it arranged. Um, so that's a big help, because there's not a lot of, like, end-of-life care, and it's just, it's an asset. Um, there's a marketing firm on the, in the corner, and an ag business, ag marketing, and just a regular marketing company. Um, and they, re, they redid a beautiful building shortly after I did. Um, they were already an existing bu- business, but they saw the opportunity to buy this other building and it is beautiful um like brick on the inside and they actually do um like a shared office space so if you're traveling and you need wi-fi and to rent like a desk for the day they have an option for that so another cool thing just that you wouldn't think you'd find in a small town but yeah there's always people are always looking for ways to bring people and new things and new ideas to Cortland. so I'm sure there's more things to come yeah that's so exciting and what I love about it is it just shows that it doesn't matter what size your town is. It's mm-hmm. about the vision and the leadership and just going for it. Yeah. And I, I do feel like there's a economic development like happening in the whole county, but it seems that people in Cortland have really grasped that. And like there's grants out there that <laughs> it's just so easy to to get to utilize. Yeah. Um and I mean, the businesses can't necessarily use them. Like I can, couldn't use a grant to fix up my building, but the city as a whole is really good about, you know, we're in the works of trying to get a splash pad going. And that's something that a grant can, can really help cover. And, you know, there's already, there's a pool here, Yeah. which it's not a big pool, but I don't know a lot of towns of 300 that have a pool. Very true. <laughs> so there's just something to do. And I think those, those grants are, I think if people know they're there, they can use them. And Cortland's been really good at that forever. Yeah. So good. What excites you most about the future of rural America? I just think the opportunities. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a dreamer and I'm always yeah. thinking like, gosh, you know, it'd be so cool if we had like a traveling coffee cart here or if we had, we need a bakery and we need like, and I just think all those things are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say each of those things, I have like a person in my mind that I know locally could nail it and yeah. could make it a big thing. And so I think just, and there's also like a, the tourism of small towns is becoming a thing. Yes. It's kind of funny. Like we've noticed, um, there's a couple that was just traveling and they stopped in and randomly had found Cortland, um, which we are on 36 highway. So I think that's maybe a bonus because that's a pretty highly traveled little highway. But, um, they were just like randomly traveling. Like, well, we're trying to get like the small town America feel. And so we're just stopping in little towns and like eating at restaurants and stopping in their shops and 
I don't know, that's not something you expect. Like usually when you think of a vacation, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to drive around the rural areas and check things out. But yeah, I think that's kind of happening. Yeah. I think people are craving that mm-hmm. more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's next for you? <laughs> Any big plans? I don't know. I would love to expand. Um, but I did have a friend remind me recently that part of my draw is that the quaintness of this building, but there's other ways to expand. Um, I do have a website since we started off on Etsy. Um, we kept the website and I got off Etsy and did a different, did my own website, but, um, I've since hired someone last summer and I've kind of given her the reins of the website because I want it to have entirely different inventory than in the shop. I want to still have the same feel as Soul Sister Ceramics, but I want it to be, you know, there's a, there's a lack of like clothing around here. Like it's hard to just go shopping for clothes. And Uh so we've expanded the clothes line has been a big thing and purses and, um, just other home decor. So I think just offering lots of other options online as well as locally and just kind of seeing what else people might think they need. Yeah. Cause that's kind of my fun challenge. That's is filling that void. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, how do we follow along and keep up with you? So we are on Instagram and Facebook and the website as well. Um, so soul sister ceramics on Instagram and Facebook and our website is soulsisterceramics.com. Perfect. Okay. Well, we will link to that in the show. Thank notes. you. Shanna, this is awesome. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. I was very happy to, to do this. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, I love how Shanna taught herself to make pottery and started a business from it and all that the business has become since those early days. And it's so great what Shanna and her family and so many others are doing in Cortland. For a town of just under 300 people, there is so much going on here and I can't wait to share the stories of these other businesses too throughout the upcoming week. Be sure to check out the blog and follow along on social media this week. And also check out the show notes to keep up with all things Soul Sister Ceramics. Thank you, Shanna, for being on the podcast. And thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.